Fianna's Tea, how are ye? Welcome back to the Candlelit Tales podcast where we tell stories from Irish mythology and folklore and chat about them afterwards. This series is the Tawn Mosaic where we are retelling the Tawn from different perspectives coalescing the story in a way that we've never told it before. We are joining this story at its emotional climactic peak where a very important combat takes place at the Ford. And if you are lost, uh, we'd suggest going back to the beginning of this series and picking up with Fergus McRoy in episode 230. This podcast is brought to you by our supporters at Patreon. You can join them over at patreon.com forward slash candlelittales or you can make a one-time donation using the PayPal button on our website. Like, share, comment and above all enjoy. And for now, sit back and we'll tell you a story. Finever of the Fair Eyebrows, daughter of Queen Maeve, awoke early, her eyes fluttering awake from near sleep. She felt as if she hadn't really slept deeply, her dreams disturbing, beating of black wings hollows in the ground, blood and death. The image of Owen the Gath, parts of her filled with terror and death, Gruesome images of severed limbs and fallen heads flashed across her mind till she opened her eyes wide to the darkness surrounding her. Blinking, she saw his face, pale, beautiful, eyes wide, staring dead inside. Freik, the drop of blood from his mouth as she had fallen by the river and she fell to her knees. Her eyes were open, but there was no light. He had barely got to the river's edge before the stone went through his head. As he fell, the hills had opened wide. Scores and scores of the fay, all with their beautiful garments and multicolored robes, filled the shore of the river, the women more beautiful than she had ever seen. The fairy host had gathered him in their cloaks, his soft hands and beautiful skin. The red blood had dropped from his mouth into the river. She hadn't cried. She still hadn't cried as she watched the fairy host bring Freyk beneath the veil. She felt like her eyes were too tired too cold, too dry to cry. Everything around her was dark. The wind came through the blankets. She pulled them close to her, her chest barely rising, barely falling. She noticed the small crest of space between her chest and the blanket when she exhaled. Don't trust her. She had warned him. Don't trust my mother. She will trap you. She will use your love for me to do whatever she wants. More pointless warning words that she had uttered unhindered tumbling around in her head. She had warned him. But no matter what he did, no matter how many hoops her mother or her father had held, Freg had jumped nimbly through and she had encouraged him. 
but he was dead, dead like the rest. An end to their happy ever after, the story they had made up dashed out in the blinking glimpse of Freyk's last unblinking gaze. He had fallen like the rest, even though she had given him a ring. All the rest of the heroes that this great army could produce had fallen just like him, all fallen short of the Hound of Cullen. No one in this huge army could beat him, and everyone was afraid to even face him, even Fergus. Well, he ran from Fergus, that was strange. Finnever had made it a morning routine to go down to the river and watch the fights at the ford. She had seen how Fergus had gone to Cúcullin. They talked. And she had seen Cúcullin run. She noticed the resistance in Cúcullin's body, the angry words they'd spat at Fergus, but he had turned and run away from Fergus McRoy. Fergus, the leader of the exiles of Ulster, the now leader of the army, marching against his old kingdom. Vinever's head began to spin. Fergus. He'd become one of her mother's consorts. Her new fascination had driven her father Oileal to his edge. Yet Maeve still spent all her time with Fergus of the Long Sword. Fergus of the horses. She rolled her eyes to the sky, still dark, but brightening in the east. She wrapped herself in furs, wrapping the blankets, the cold air stinging when skin met it, a hurt inside more than numb, now a feeling of coldness. Had she slept? She felt weak. She'd been thinking this whole time, this nightmarish vision of battles, constancy of it all. She'd watched all of these fights at the ford, something to do in the morning at least. Standing above the hillside, looking down at the river. The crossing was made easier by the widening of the shores many stones and rocks that slowed the water to the point of the fort where you could walk across it or wade into the depths where it got deeper in parts. Finnever cleared her mind and wrapping the furs around her body gradually warming herself as she began to move. She knew she needed to move her feet fast on the crunching cold ground below. She would go to the fort day bright and early because of last night. The memory made her nauseous. She had lured another to her mother's chambers. And Vinever didn't seem to care anymore either. When her dear friend, her fallen Freyk, had left her, all the love she seemed to have for him seemed to drip into the ground now soaked, steeped full of his blood swept down to the grounds around her in the river running red. Had she ever really been in love with him? Did she know what lovely was? I had given him the ring, though, she thought. 
supposed to be him. She blinked and saw his face again and shook herself out of the reprieve, staring at the sky now brightening above. She smiled, a smile that seemed more of a grimace to the coming day. But she smiled sweetly, because she was to be sweet, if Ferdy won. She walked towards the ford. She contemplated what life might be like with a different man. She blinked and saw Freg again, and put out the thought of her mind. The twilight light, dark, navy, to one side, far darker in the west, far lighter and brighter, beginning to show the rays of sun, of the rising sun in the east. Two worlds colliding overhead, and down below, all of the sleeping bodies of the men still in their slumber. Some around fires, and the dwindling embers, some wrapped in cloaks, some intense, staring into the flames flickering. Many didn't sleep, she thought. She wondered if they had nightmares of beating wings and crows cawing. They would come to the ford to watch the fight today. Most of them. The agreement was when the fighting lasted, the army could march. But the armies didn't really get to march very far because Cucullin kept killing everyone very fast. Her mother wasn't very happy with that. She reached the top of the hill to look down on the river and she saw the sunlight strike the river just illuminated and there Cucullin's figure hunkered low his back to the army he sat this way across the river as he did every morning of the single combats on the east and north side the Ulster side and every morning she would see him playing fitchel with his charioteer until he would turn to face his opponent a game she thought was it all a game to him? He was a savage after all. She'd seen his handiwork. She knew it by now. Detached limbs and severed heads, freaks, white skin, unblinking eyes. She pulled her mind back to today, the river flowing down below. And then she saw the figure, tall and dark, moving from west. The east, to the ford, with low, slumping, slow and steady strides. Ferdia Macdamon, Ferdia Conthanglas, skin like bone, hard, so firm no point of blade could pierce his skin, they say. The blood of the Fae run through his veins as well. Hard, hard of mind, all these men so firm and strong and hard, she thought. They all died easily enough, though. So many of these harsh, brave, hard young men gone up against Cucullin, who felled them like falling trees, blood given to the water, their bodies to the bank's soil. 
Ferdia seemed soft last night. Finever's mind flicked back, past, through the beating black wings and delirious dreams she had suffered through in the long night to the moments before, in her mother's tent, the table of the trap. She had sat and smiled sweetly, though her heart was beating numbness throughout her body. The smile sketched across her face felt like a shield. Despite her broken parts, she poured sweet words that came flowing out of her because her mother had told her to be sweet and kind and nice, especially sweet tonight. Now that Freik is out of the picture, we'd better find you someone you'd find agreeable, my dear. Maeve had spoken curtly to her. So she was charming. She wore her slim dress cut below so lots of skin was on show. She always did what her mother had asked her to do, no matter what it was. There was no point doing otherwise. Even if she didn't do it, her mother would find a way to make it happen. Finn never wasn't smart like her mother. She wasn't a general or a fighter. She wasn't as harsh or as hard as Maeve. She didn't know how to be that stern. But she was sweet, and she could keep it hidden, and she hid it very well. So she'd be sweet and nice. And she was. Ferdia was nearly at the forge, she noticed. Cucullin had not turned yet to see him. Were all the words men spoke lies? He had sworn he'd never fight him. Closer than brothers we are. There's no way I'll fight him. You go now and find any other man. Not me. I won't be doing it. Here he was, she thought. All he needed was some convincing. Maeve had lured him. Asked him for dinner. She had. Finever had. The way Ferdia looked at her enveloped her. She knew the look, that loss and longing, loss of senses, craving for some softness. She had soft curves, hips, breasts. She had these hard, harsh men looking at her for that soft, supple, easy, loving... Just something she had. He looked at her as if she was a glass of wine to drink, to devour and taste and flavour. She saw the look. She almost saw him salivate. And so she had smiled at him, nicely and sweetly. Blushed slightly, she always seemed to blush. Not out of embarrassment, just because it was so much to take on that look and not feed it back not to be rude or too giving to their looks still somewhat charming <laughs> it was a tight line that's what she did all night she'd spoken softly and charming whispered sweet things into his ear until he was feeling great about himself and big and strong as he was he fell hook, line and sinker for Maeve's jibes 
Oh, so it's true what Cucullin has said about you, Ferdia. You're afraid to fight him. <laughs> he leapt up at that. Jumped just like a dog for a ball, she thought. She'd smiled sweetly, but... She was shocked to see him get so angry, irritated. Afraid of him? Not afraid of him. I'll show the little pup. Sure enough. He'd given his word he'd fight Cucullin in the morning. Full of sweet drinks and food, sweet words, cajoling ways. Her mother had played him right. She was an instrument too, but all she did was smile sweetly. She sat down. She watched Ferdia walk into the fore. No look of being drunk as he was last night. No sloppiness in his body language. Not as weak as he had looked last night, she thought. Now firm and strong. Looking like he belonged there. The sky overhead was beginning to brighten fully as far as the west. The dark clouds were gathering and she thought by midday it'd be overcast fully. No light penetrating, dark gloomy day ahead. She saw Cucullin turn and gasp, walk forward and they exchanged words. She could see he wasn't happy to see Ferdia. Ferdia was convincing him to fight. Neither one wanted to. She could see that. But finally they agreed it. They went back to either side of the river. Finnever's head tilted to one side as she saw Leg, Cucullin's charioteer, that was his name, Leg. Yoke, most mesmerising horses she'd ever seen. One white, beautiful. The other black and sleek and strong. A pair of horses contrasted to each other, yoked on Cucullin's chariot. And she saw both the warriors picked up light spears. Bundled under their arm, they placed them on the chariot. And then... Their chariot drivers whipped their horses into movement. Up and down the river they drove. She walked back down. As she came across the hill, she saw the fire of Ferdia. And she saw that Ferdia was gathering food, drink, other provisions that he was wrapping in skins and tying and giving to his charioteer as she saw Leg appear into the firelight and offer Ferdia small container, a package. Herbs and ointments came out from the package as Ferdia unwrapped it, smiling, and sending his charioteer off with leg across the river. 
packages sent from one side to the other. A show of friendship, a show of kindness. Ferdia looked and saw Finnever. She blushed and turned away. She thought for a moment what a kind man he was, how strong and perhaps well able to care for her. A moment she thought she could be happy with him. If he won and beat Cucullin, she would marry Ferdia. She would have a life with Ferdia. As she blinked, she saw Freyk's head again by the river. She shook herself. The love she had had for him, stopping any chance for love she might have for anyone else, even if he did win. Once more, she wasn't sure if she fell asleep. Her flickering eyes, flickering and flapping like wings beating in the sky, darking clouds gathering. Call, shriek, cry. Her eyes wide, lips parted dry, stiff and cold. She pulled her robes around her once more, found the furs, the warm things, the darkness all around her. She was awake again, before anyone seemed to stir in the camp. So she walked around and went to her favourite place to watch the fighting for the day. She had a good vantage point. It was nice to see the sky illuminated, different streaks of cloud shapes, the dark turning to navy and then amber as the sun rose. Cucullin sat hunkered down below once more, and she watched as Ferdia came to the shores of the river, seeming more stern today. And he had in his hand a heavy weapon, an ugly one. The thrusting spears, the heavy battle javelins, the ones that were used in close quarters, at the dikes and the barriers, at walls, for close, ugly fighting. armies behind her were marching. Many were watching. She could not see Queen Maeve. She felt exhausted by the fighting and cold and numb. A serving girl appeared next to her and gave her some food held out in her hand meat and a drink of some warm broth It filled her mouth with sustenance, somehow bringing sensation back to her lips. The food she swallowed in an empty stomach felt strange. She couldn't eat the flesh, while seeing the flesh falling from Cucullin and Ferdia below. 
She placed the food away, feeling sick and nauseous, looking down at those two furious fighting men, surrounded in ugly hacking and cutting. But finally they dropped their weapons. The sun, now losing light behind the darkening clouds on the western horizon, it was time to end. They dropped their weapons. They barely made it off the water without falling to their knees. They went to their fires and both their charioteers held out food, drink, cloth, ointment. They were being cleaned down, each of them given herbs and healing, something to hold the pain in. She looked away and walked away. Neither one of them could survive another day of this, she thought. She saw Queen Maeve. The rest of the army now having to stop and make camp not very far away from where they had, but at least they had a day's march. Two days. She wondered once more what her nights would be like lying beside Ferdia as she lay herself down to try and get some sleep in the dark. She woke in the dark. Had she slept, she did not know. She felt perhaps maybe she did. Her weariness had finally caught some rest. She gathered herself together and walked to her usual same spot around the army, the blinking lights of the fires. But she was not alone. Already she saw someone in the ford. It was Ferdia. Ferdia McDammon had risen before the sun. He was standing in the ford with his sword out. And from the other side she saw Cucullin standing, not playing Fitchell but watching. Ferdia began to leap then then twist and turn, gather rocks and throw them in the air, catch them, display feats. These were his feats that he was showing. Miraculous how he leapt and darted, ducked and dodged and showed how agile he was, leaping and throwing stones on a high, swinging and turning his sword to slash and cut. Such Agility she had never seen before. A great salmon leap with a vault and a twist and a turn, a cut. Such hard, soft and swift movement all aligned in such ease and grace she had never seen before. These feats were Ferdia McDammon. Had he learned them on the shadowy island of Skark? Had he learned them when he came back? perfected them over years of training or was it just today that he was doing them for the first time allowing himself to play was this how he played his game his game of war now Cucullin took out his sword and walked down not blinking nearly Finever pulled the robes around her, feeling the fur lightly touch her skin. She hunkered down. She saw 
the crows do the same, leaning in expectantly. As Cuchulain waded through the water, he brought his sword high and ran at Ferdia. Ferdia, in the blink of an eye, had his sword parried, lashing and clashing together. The sound of their swords now waking up the sunlight that seemed to streak across the horizon. The sun burned off the clouds and seemed to burn away the water that seemed to run away from the fighting. They were now on dried rocks. The water seemed to flow on either side of them, not coming down between the fighting men because it was too fast, too furious. There were sparks coming off of their swords. She could not see the blurriness in between which hand was moving her leg, turning, twisting and fighting. Such a flurry of fighting she had never seen before and so she was barely able to breathe even just in between every strike and clash. She felt her heart beating. She saw the birds fly to the sky, the beating of their wings like the beating of the swords, the beating of her heart and the fury of the fight. The lashing and the clashing now sending the water rushing away with blood streaked down. They were cut, they were wounded, they were hurting and the river itself began to run fully red. And then she heard a shriek and a cry from the sky. The hills itself seemed to open wide, a flurry, a movement, ghostly apparitions and figures. Bananox and Bananox shrieking and calling, such fury from the land itself, the sky seemed to open wide. Finever felt everything, her feet in the ground, her fingertips. She'd never felt more awake, more alive, more furious. The fighting below seemed to stir that anger inside her, and she screamed her voice echoing in and around the cawing shrieks of the birds, the murder of crows that flew through the fighting as the furious, angry sparks leapt up to seem to catch the wings that flew right on past. Cucullin and Ferdia fighting so close, Finever's heart seemed to burst with anger. Who was she to be married off to whoever won this fight? She didn't have the right to create her own destiny, always pawned off for whatever her mother wanted her fair eyebrows to do, her beautiful, pretty smile. Whatever her mother, Queen Maeve, asked her, she'd do it, and now she wanted to get out of it. Whatever it was, whatever way these men could fight, she could fight too. She would leave this world. She would go to Awanagat. She would rip right through the veil if she had to. She wouldn't be a pawn for her mother to wield. Dangling above men's noses, she would fly to the sky like a crow and shriek death in the face. She would face it and she would find a way to put Maeve out. She knew this now. Anger seemed to obey. She saw Cucullin take a blow to his chest. Was he laid low? Was he killed? Had Ferdia won, would she be with Ferdia from this on out? She saw Freyk's face dead cold staring. She saw Cucullin call, a shriek, a cry. Something went into the water 
A spear flowing down Cucullan, falling, catching, twisting, turning with his foot. He flew the spear, the sound like a thousand angry swarming bees rang around the shrieks and calls of Bananox and Bananox, of creatures and cowls of crows seemed to go as suddenly she saw the spear puncture, pierce, hit Ferdia through his chest, through his armour, through his unbreakable skin and shatter and twist the body. Every point and blade she saw emanating and sticking out from his ribs, skin. He was barely human. He fell. The spear she had heard Rumours of Cucullan's magic spear, the Cape Bolga. No one could stand against it, not even Ferdia Macdamon, who had fallen. She saw Cucullan catch him then and drag him across to the north side, the Ulster side of the river. She saw Ferdia, unblinking, unmoving, blood flowing into the river below and Cucullin dragging Ferdia across weeping over his friend's dead body beginning to sing sing of the love he had for Ferdia she listened she watched Cucullin weep she felt nothing inside again Ferdia had fallen, yes Ferdia might have won and she might have lived to love him. Maybe. But no. She closed her eyes and saw Freyak again. The beating of black wings above made her look to the sky. Twilight and dark. Sun dipping low, the armies marching now. Cucullin's song unheard. Maeve's army moving across Ulster. Unhindered now, she thought. She'll get whatever she wants now, she thought. Her mother always did, after all. But something had changed in Finnever. The death of Ferdia, the lament from Cucullin. Singing all was play, all was sport. Until Ferdia came to the fore. Yes, she thought. It was a game. It was a game she had played for so long. But not anymore. She would not be the pawn her mother wanted her to be. She would find another way. She would find a way out. She blinked and closed her eyes. She saw Owen the Gat, Morrigan, the Crow. Freyk, his unblinking white eyes. She opened eyes to see the army spreading. The host, she thought, moving far off, far to the east. 
brown bull, she thought. Maeve will get her brown bull. I look up and see a flap of wings. All murder of crows dotted across the sky. So many of them. They landing all around in the sparse, naked, pointed branches looking down at us, cawing. Cawing as if they're talking amongst each other. Ill omens. We're staying low, keeping quiet. Creeping through this deserted landscape. Empty of anyone defending it. Empty of even people living here. This cold, dead, desolate place. I just take a moment's pause to see the dipping sun go below the two dark clouds, just above the horizon. I feel the stretching golden strands of warm meet my face for the first time today. This dying light, all mixed with Purple, pink and blue speckled through the gaps in those dark clouds. All mixed together. Ahead of the darkening. All mixed together with the black and grey descending darkness. The only bit of warmth I'll feel now for a while. We keep on marching through these cold nights. We're getting close now. <laughs> 